You're listening to Grindhouse Courthouse. We put movies on trial to determine whether or not a film has committed too many movie misdemeanors to be considered viewable. Please rise for the Honorable Judge this episode. On trial this week is the 2000 film Mission Impossible 2, starring a Scientologist and Tandy Newton. With a budget of $125 million and a worldwide box office take of $546 million, the film was the top-grossing movie for the year, but received mixed critical reviews. Arguing that it's a good thing when a movie doesn't require you to think too hard about anything, we have Adam, Matt, and Dave serving as Mission Impossible 2's public defenders. Arguing that the only good Mission Impossible is a dead Mission Impossible, we have Dylan serving as the prosecutor. Your judge for this week is me. Tom, it is my solemn declaration that I will probably give this movie the fair and balanced deliberation that it deserves. We begin with the opening statement of the defense. Begin, Adam, Matt, or Dave. Thank you, Judge. Hold on, I have to hype myself up for this one. Okay. <laughs> woo, okay. woo, 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 <laughs> my man Johnny Woo, coming at you with Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> And what can I say about this movie? <laughs> I think that's all we need. I think that's all we need. That's it, yeah. <laughs> judge, judge, what was your favorite movie back in the early 2000s? Uh, Gladiator. All right, all right, okay. Now, imagine that movie with more slow motion, some doves, explosions, <laughs> and a lot of sexual tension. Wouldn't that make the movie better? Okay, we could... We can jump right to deliberation now <laughs> if that's where your argument is going. The answer, the answer yes. is yes. That would make the movie much better. And that's what John Woo does. He comes in and he provides a Hong Kong style of action, hair flipping, high speed motorbike chasing. Like, what else do you need? You just buckle up, you turn off your brain, and you enjoy the two-hour ride that is Mission Impossible 2. Thank you. Well that's said. It. I, I can't. I, I can't. Anybody have anything I, else? I, that's pretty much it. I, I want to say that Mr. Wu really delves deep into the love story. He really found his inner love in this movie, by the way. Well, that's points against it for me. <laughs> the court will now hear the opening statements of the prosecution. Dylan, when you are ready. More like boo, 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 Johnny, you blue. Uh, this movie is exactly what we knew was going to happen. We knew it. We saw the first one. We saw how it ended. And they were like, hey, Tom Cruise, you're a really cool guy. We're going to really ride you into the next nine movies or however many more there are in this series. This is exactly why cinema deserves to die in certain respects um i don't even i don't even know where to begin like i i'm just my brain hurts trying to even think about specific criticisms because it's just like every single beat um so i'll just i'll just focus it in on tom tom like christian bale said is a intensely friendly man with just nothing there in the eyes you could you could expect the exact same psychotic smile from him if he were dismembering like a human being as him in the cocky intro scenes i mean especially just to get into it i i, I don't know what else to say so your honor <laughs> let's just let's just begin let's just begin powerful words with the opening statements concluded i will now open the floor for the prosecution to present any evidence that they may have now keep in mind both the defense and prosecution are allowed to cross-examine and will but be duly warned that any unruly behavior will result in being held in contempt of court prosecution the floor is yours okay i want to begin with the opening scene or what i should say are opening scenes um, they decided to do three of them um, because they're just like, you know what? One's not quite enough. So let's just keep doing it over and over and over again. So the first one, we begin with Russian Einstein. So Russian Einstein, he's sitting on a plane <laughs> and he's got some dumbass plan about getting a drug or not a drug, getting a virus to 
from Australia to, I think the United States. I can't quite remember where the hell he's going, but anyway, he's on a Atlanta, Atlanta, right to the CDC probably. So he's flying on a plane and he's talking to Tom Cruise. He's sitting there and Tom Cruise. Okay. You remember that scene from the first one where he has the mask on? The court does remember. Yes. Beautiful. Oh my God. So they do it like 20 fucking times in this movie. And here's our first one. So the whole scene is like him bitching about like not bitching, but just being like, Oh, it's so good that you're here. Vladimir, Vladimir. I'm really happy that you're here. Vladimir, Vladimir. I'm just really glad that it's you, you Vladimir, which we're like, his name's not actually Vladimir. It's Ethan Hawk or hunt or whatever hunt. the hell it is. I think it's Tony Hawk. Anyway, um, <laughs> Anyway, like everyone knew, the guy pulls off the mask. It's not fucking Ethan Hunt. It's this terrorist guy. And that's and they reveal that they're there to kidnap the man and steal his briefcase because they think the virus is in it. We don't know much about the details of the plot at this point. All we know is that they have a ridiculously complicated theft plot planned. And so that's the first scene. But they were like... Mm. That's okay, but we should probably do another opening scene. So then the next opening scene is like even fucking worse because it's Ethan Hunt on a rock climbing vacation. And here's where like we start to realize this whole movie is just this vanity project for Tom Cruise. And like, I don't know if he was like involved in the funding of this movie or what, but he is just decided that he wants to be the cool guy. Um, suave kind of James Bond like um spy man I don't know anyway it just it like completely undermines like why his character was okay in the first one right up until the end it basically just takes right from the end scene where the fucking helicopter is exploding in the train tunnel and like that's Ethan Hunt so he's like free climbing up a goddamn mountain in I don't remember where Moab or something like that and so, um, so so first I want I want to actually like jump in here because I don't think we're establishing Tom Cruise's character well enough because like with Mission Impossible 2 you have to think that at least like 4 years has passed since the since the first one. So Ethan Hunt has learned a lot. He's probably got a lot of training under his belt now. And what we're seeing is a more cool, confident Ethan Hunt who's taking on a, like a dangerous challenge as just a fun time activity for him. So he's free souling, yes, in southern Utah, uh, which I highly don't recommend since it's on sandstone and that could just chip away at any moment. So it'd be very foolish to do that. But you get to see that Ethan Hunt is just living on the edge at all times and he's collected the whole way through. Even when he slips, does his reverse iron cross, looks at the camera, gives it a little smile and a wink. This is... The new Ethan Hunt. That's what we're seeing. It just take this movie just takes all of the stuff that you loved about the first Mission Impossible and then takes it up to eleven. It gets rid of all the stuff you didn't like about Mission Impossible One, like the complicated plot and the espionage and the cool acting. And they just got all of the best all of the best stuff in the second one. Just more Tom Cruise being extreme, more leather jackets, more Oakleys. Slow motion, doves, everything. It's just, it's just Mission Impossible one, but times a hundred. All of this, all of the stuff you wanted, and none of the fluff. Yeah, and I and I feel this speaks to what we were discussing last week with Mission Impossible one, where Dylan felt it was a terrible movie because nothing was happening. There's, there's, there's nothing with it. So Mission Impossible two has learned from its mistakes, and that's what we're seeing here. People want to see more action. They want to see Tom Cruise doing death-defying stunts, and that's what we're getting with Mission Impossible 2 in the first 10 minutes. I haven't even gotten to the third introduction. (laughs) so Please continue. (laughs) Okay, so Tom Cruise is a cool guy, and he does rock climbing cool stuff. So it's basically like, I mean, they stop short of having him go down like a half pipe and do like a 900 (laughs) or something, but you get the point with the fucking rock climbing. Um, and then he goes, he gets his mission and he gets his mission. So in the first one, the mission was kind of like, Oh, look, John Voight gets the mission on like a DVD player in his phone. In this one, they're like, 
fucking like he gets his mission <laughs> on a pair of like Oakleys and they zoom in on the brand and they tell you how much it costs and where to go buy it actually <laughs> right there in the movie. Um and Tom Cruise is like, these are the best sunglasses I've ever had. Too bad they have to explode. And he throws the sunglasses. And that's like the opening scene when the glasses explode. And then it's like, am I too? And then Limp Biscuit starts screaming. And the guy who paints himself <laughs> in black, he jumps down from a helicopter and just starts ripping <laughs> a baseline. Um, objection. That doesn't happen. Wow, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I will not have any West Borland slander. Yeah. You bite your tongue, sir. So to clarify, none of that happens. Yes, Tom Cruise has Oakleys at one point, tosses them into the into the camera when they explode to set yeah. up an amazing title setup or a sequence. So none of so that means that's because the they don't want the mission to get into the wrong hands. That's why they have to explode. Exactly. It's yeah. important. So anyway, Tom Tom Cruise puts on a New York Yankee a red New York Yankees cap <laughs> and says, I don't think so. And he turns it backwards and uh and it, and it reveals that he's actually wearing a wife beater. And it turns out that Tom Cruise is actually Limp Biscuit this whole time. Um, so that's the second opening scene. Next scene. Wow. We are at a palatial villa. And we meet the girl from Westworld whose name I don't remember. Uh, and Naya, Naya Hall. Naya Hall. Okay. And Miss um, Love Interest, I'm sure. Right. So this fucking scene is... Um, she is stealing something. I don't know. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care, a, and I don't know. She's um, a thief. So we're establishing all these characters. We're yeah. establishing the villain. We have that with Russian Einstein. The very beginning, we see how a rogue IMF agent with his team is stealing a virus uh, called Chimera. So we, we get introduced to the villain early on. We get introduced to Tom Cruise being again more experienced well-rounded and then we get introduced to this new character naya hill because tom cruise is supposed to recruit her for her thief skills so we get to see her in action which turns into this weird romance uh between them but it's not weird it's a weird love there's nothing weird about it adam well but that's the thing what was what was lacking in mission impossible one we didn't have any romance we didn't have a love interest so why not try it out with mission impossible 2 that's right and the chemistry between them is just off the charts right away Absolutely. yeah fire so anyway ethan hunt uh, <laughs> pimps this woman out to her former boyfriend uh so he can steal spy messages from her from him because uh, he's the one who kidnapped uh russian einstein and there's this dumbass scene in the bathtub where like we're supposed to believe that Tom Cruise is not like a lizardoid humanoid hybrid <laughs> where it's like, Haha, I definitely like women for sure. Right, guys? Watch this. And everyone has to be like, yes, sir, you do for sure like women. We agree. And it's actually there's a there's a scroll like across the screen. Like saying like, hey guys, Tom Cruise definitely <laughs> likes women for sure, right? Don't you think so? Look at this. Look at the chemistry. Anyway, um, so he does that and we are supposed to care about this woman at this point, but you kind of don't like her right off the bat. Um, just like you don't like Tom Cruise's. I liked Tom Cruise's character in the first one. I liked Ethan Hunt in the first one. I do not like him instantly in this one. Like almost instantly I don't like him. Because in the first... Is it the confidence? Uh, it's the... Yeah, it's the cockiness. But it's also... Yeah, it's it's just this, like, completely facetious, like, facade that, like, seems to be his character. It's just like, I don't fucking believe you. Like, I think you, like, have women tied up in a basement somewhere just by, like, every... Objection. Every... Objection. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Dylan is just... Jealous of the flowing hair. Yeah, Every the fiber. Like, oh, he's so jealous. Every. F Before we get it, go any further, I just want to send a message to the good people at the Church of Scientology to let them know <laughs> that <laughs> Tom Cruise is, is the greatest. He is he is a man above reproach, and I don't stand for this this attack. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, Look, this court will recognize any and all rumors about Tom Cruise specifically. So, but we're supposed to be coming. focusing on the movie. This is <laughs> none of this happens in the movie. There's no scrolling scene of 
Tom Cruise loves women or anything like that. <laughs> you get this suave Ethan Hunt that, again, who has experience. He's, he's well-trained and he's just confident. He's bringing it into the mission now. And that's what he uses. He relies on a different set of skills to bring in yeah but what about that what about that like 10 minute diatribe about how psychology is fake that was weird i thought in the middle of the movie what What? (laughs) (laughs) i don't recall i'm not hearing anybody say that didn't happen it didn't happen happen. objection (laughs) yeah and he's like how we have to go get our thetas tested and how Zeno's coming back and okay okay basically you don't remember that part (laughs) basically it sounds like this movie is setting up the three most important actors in the film and that's what's wrong with that it's it's lovely you got the the new boyfriend the old boyfriend and the main love that's all this movie is about. That's right. It's a love triangle. You, we have a we have a love triangle. Yes, we have a love triangle scenario. But uh, Dylan has also missed how Tom Cruise and uh, Naya kind of fall for each other, and that is a chase scene on a hillside where they're speeding along the highway. <laughs> they they you mean like Goldeneye. <laughs> yes, exactly like Golden. See, so this is a, this but is better. the beauty of Mission Impossible Two. It is looking at its surroundings. It's looking at movies that have come out in the past four years after Mission Impossible One and saying, "What do people like?" Well, they like Goldeneye. So let's integrate that into Mission Impossible Two, and that's what we have with this scene where Tom Cruise is trying to chase uh, Naya down the highway, and they get into this eye interlocking scene where they're spinning out and she almost goes off a cliff but tom cruise saves her at the last minute and she falls for him and he falls for her setting up this beautiful connection between the two it's very beautiful yeah your honor i think this is actually how he started dating katie holmes too like tried to run her off the road and like just <laughs> she like grabbed her and smiled and was like hey i'm tom <laughs> Well, ultimately, I think we can all agree that Tom Cruise has a serious case of the not gays. Court is now at recess. <laughs> now, I have a couple questions. I'm going to do one. Maybe the jury will do one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the defense, I would like you to answer how you knew that four years has passed between Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible 2. Easy. Does time in the Mission Impossible universe pass at a one-to-one ratio to our own? <laughs> Look at Tom Cruise's hair. <laughs> Look at the length of that. That's End four of the years first of movie, right there. Military cut, very short. This movie, almost shoulder length. That's four years of growth. I'm going to need you to cite your sources on that one. I am trying to grow my hair during COVID. <laughs> and it is nowhere near that length. So I think it will take me another three years to get that Tom Cruise length. Well, checks out. Jury, any questions? Your Honor, Your Honor, I've been growing my hair out for four years, and it's nowhere near that length. <laughs> Objection. So it's even longer. So, so Tom Cruise has more experience. Yeah, that that could be Sustained. possible. Too. No, he's taking carotene he supplements. Oh. <laughs> Next question. We've got this. So there's a, <laughs> nailed it. Oh, yes. Well then. Well, sorry, I didn't realize. You mentioned that the chemistry between Tom Cruise and Danny Newton is palpable. In what way? Could you elaborate on that, please? So I'm going to pass it over to our uh, doctor of love, Dave, <laughs> to take this one away. Love, doctor, love, uh, doctor, 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 love, doctor. <laughs> between who? I didn't say this. Who said this? <laughs> Wow, this is a real solid defense coming The judge through. is making shit up now. And I want him held in contempt. Wow, uh, this, is, started there. this is the classic defense where the, uh, the defense's <laughs> lawyers just all start fighting with each other and arguing about who said what. <laughs> okay, Dave, you're screwing us. What was, the, what was the question again? I'll try and go at this. You mentioned that the chemistry between Tom Cruise and uh, Tandy Newton is extreme. It's to the max. Dialed up uh, to in 11. what yeah. way? Who is Tenny Newton? Why? Uh... God damn it. Pay attention. <laughs> Naya Hill. <laughs> the, one, the one female in this movie. I didn't know her actual, I didn't know her actual name. <laughs> okay. The court will wait for an answer. <laughs> we see it. Okay. Oh, actually, I can pin this point. I can, I can pin this down. When Tom Cruise goes to Spain to bring her 
or to, to collect her for this mission, we get a 45 second to a minute slow motion scene of Tom Cruise locking eyes with her while Spanish dancers spin across the stage. And right there, that's love at first sight. That further- Okay, hold on. Before you go any further, the best way to convey love in a film is to have two characters look at each other for 45 seconds in slow motion. Yeah, but your honor, you have to recognize that if Tom Cruise kisses a woman that's not his wife, the space <laughs> gods will melt his brain. So did you even the think about that, you body. ignorant fuck? The court will acknowledge the existence of Xenus. <laughs> Come on. Officially. But then it goes further too, right? So it goes up into the scene where she is It goes to... further than space gods? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going back to my point, not Xenu. Their, their love connection goes further that where we see uh, Naya trying to steal the necklace Tom Cruise comes in and he's very suave. He's he's saying what she should do, what she shouldn't, and we see this, I don't know, this this back and forth, which is very cutesy, uh, very enjoyable. Uh, we we again see that chemistry sparking between them, and then as her uh, stealing mission or when she fails at trying to collect the necklace goes wrong, Tom Cruise is there to help protect her to sway her even more about coming into the mission. And then it goes even one step further with the driving scene along the mountains where they spin out of control. They lock eyes again. We get the slow motion. So again, that's, that's the connection. That's the, the love link that we're seeing between them. And then he saves her, and then they have sweet, sweet... You don't say it's a soul connection. Love soul making. Connection. <laughs> Before we move on, I just want the, the defense to clarify exactly one point. All of the scenes that you have described to me that say, yes, this is why there is a strong um, sort of uh, romantic presence in this film. There's a, uh, a link between the two leads, uh, a real sort of chemistry, if you will, yep. are just things that happen. Like she's doing her job and Tom Cruise is doing their job and then they're driving and then they're in love. Is that how it works? It is dialed up to 11. We get slow motion staring down in beautiful Spain with dancers all around. And then we get this bathtub scene where she's on top of him. He's on top of her. It's... Okay, wait, hold on. Hold on. Tell us more about the scene where they're fucking each other. No, 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 no. that comes later. Um, <laughs> but this is where you 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 get this, uh, again, like sexual tension between Tom Cruise and uh, Nia Hill. Uh, is when she, again, is trying to steal the necklace. It is in a bathroom. Uh, she has to lean over Tom Cruise because someone else comes into the room, so they're both hiding on top of each other in the bathtub. And then she starts to, again, pursue stealing the necklace, so she's on top of him. And with our new Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, we see, again, that confidence coming out in this character. He's got both arms up behind his head, looking magnificent with that hair flowing and he's smiling the whole time like all right lady you do what you got to do i'm just here to to watch so and your honor my point is that innuendo is what is only allowed in dianetics volume two which we've all read <laughs> and it's very obvious that tom was trying to abide by guideline and uh efficient no number 77 so you know he was constrained <laughs> With what he could do in this movie. But, I mean, he needs to be a pure angelic uh, humanoid. Otherwise, how is he supposed to ascend to the next planet? Right? Am I right? My, my bros? The court recognizes that you are, in fact, correct. Is that how it works in Scientology? Yes. Also, souls and volcanoes or whatever. Yes. Yes. Trust everything I am saying about Scientology because it is 100% accurate. Also, I definitely live in Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah come find me bitches Clearwater Florida <laughs> Shall we move on <laughs> uh, Not until I'm ready Exactly how extreme Is Tom Cruise in this movie Not extreme enough but extremely Perfect Court is now <laughs> Court is now in session Dylan yeah. Please present your second exhibit <laughs> Oh no. yeah. He meets this woman. We'll call her Hall. And um 
he makes her go have sex with her um, ex-boyfriend. Um, you know, like true love and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> the court recognizes true love. We want to <laughs> pipe in here, and Tom Cruise is very against this action. He was then forced to by his superiors. Why did he do it? That's the mission. Superiors. He's got to save the world, it. man. Because if she didn't do it, she was going to jail slash prison. Actually, no, no, I think, I think she I was think... on death row if she didn't do it. No, uh, I think Anthony Hawkins actually makes a comment about like, this is not mission, mission difficult. This is mission impossible because Tom Cruise is so uh, upset about having to use her to get to her ex-boyfriend, which is the main villain of this movie. And when he said this is mission uh, impossible, not mission difficult, you all threw up in your mouths collectively when you were watching the film. I, right? No, I we all drank. Uh, no, I yeah. threw my arms up in the air and celebrated because that's A plus screenwriting judge. Yeah, there was yeah. there was multiple fist pumps at that moment. I was okay. I was okay until he looked directly into the camera and winked. Otherwise, I would have been all right with it. But <laughs> anyways, prosecution, please continue. Okay, so. The details get hazy, um, mostly because I've been drinking, but also because, you know, it's Mission Impossible 2. So they go to the secret lab. Remind me where it's located again. I think it's Australia, but... Yeah, they're in Australia. Yeah, yeah. So they go to the secret lab, and they need to locate... Chimera. So I guess I'll clarify the Chimera. So the Chimera virus is actually not what they'd been working on. They had been working to synthesize, like, perfect cure to the flu, like a universal flu vaccine kind of thing, that it doesn't matter how the virus mutates, it doesn't matter what happens, that this this vaccine would have cured all the flus, which I think we can all relate to right now as being a great thing that would have existed. But in order to develop a perfect flu vaccine, they had to develop the most deadly flu or whatever it is. I think it's a flu, um, and that's Chimera. So they designed this stupid ass scientific lab where everything is like designed in a hyper protective barrier, but also with like explosive detonation fucking results like if they ever need to destroy the virus so so anyway they go to the lab and ethan hunt is destroying the virus in various locations and i don't know at a certain point they realize that the bad guys realize that he's about to destroy it so they come and try and get the virus back because they want to release it the action is crazy there's lasers and shit bungees parachutes (laughs) they basically redo they redo that fucking scene from the second from the first one where you know how he descends into the spy room this time they had a freaking window so i don't know why he needed to do the whole descent thing but he did this is exactly what you expect from mission impossible he's got to get all this shit got to get the mcguffin okay 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 okay. i'm gonna jump in because dylan is doing such a brutal job of explaining this scene because we do, yes. We exactly have to, I don't know. I think he's bringing... <laughs> we have that, did anything that he say, was it a lie? Was he yes. wrong about any of it? Both teams are breaking in to steal the virus before each, like, the other team can do it themselves. Yes, but... They're not just going there to pick it up. That's what I said. It's a, it's a heist race. <laughs> a race heist. Race war! I... God damn it. <laughs> so, okay. This scene, yes, it starts off paying homage to the original Mission Impossible movie. Where, yes, you have Tom Cruise doing a death-defying stunt, jumping from a helicopter, going through a grading system or events to be suspended over the lab. So, again, their Mission Possible, the franchise, is looking at the past. What worked? What did people enjoy? And they're bringing that back in. But, again, this one is dialed up to 11 because, again, we're jumping from a helicopter. He has a countdown, 45 seconds, to get the cord back up and then get into the lab to destroy the Chimera virus. So, again, they acknowledge what people did enjoy from those movies. And we get, again, that sense of tension that Tom Cruise has while trying to get into this lab. Also, not knowing that Ambrose, the villain, his team is coming to stop him. One thing I do want to say about this scene, just for the setup of it, the visuals of it are actually quite beautiful. The lab alone has to rely on a bunch of mirrors to bring in natural light. 
So you get a bunch of different reflections all around the lab. So you get this uh, chromatic presence where you have these rainbows, but the lab itself has a very blue tone to it. So you have this blue light going off the metal of all the equipment, but then you also have individual rooms such as uh, where Chimera is being stored. It has this green tone to it. So you, John Woo is definitely playing with the lighting within this scene. So it actually does look very like visually appealing. It, it sounds like a nightmare to work in. It sounds like someone said, we're going to make the most dangerous virus ever conceived in a fun house with the mirrors. <laughs> and they're like bumping into shit and running into walls all the time. I'm assuming that's what's happening there. That's exactly. Listen, man, whoever said, nobody ever said science was easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is mission but, impossible, not mission okay. difficult. <laughs> the court recognizes that this is mission impossible not mission difficult so so okay okay can we oh, can we up. can we get to the action of this scene because i think after doing a review of it it's actually well choreographed um and this is like the first example uh in the film that we get to see john Wu's famous like gun fu style of action where you have tom cruise uh, dual wheeling gun shooting at 30 different men. There's explosions. He's sliding down cables while shooting. He's sliding across the floor. There's glass everywhere. Uh, he's doing some spins also in there. So you get the hair flips, which is beautiful. And then again, we have the slow motion, which John Woo is famous for. And it's really just capturing the action and the energy that Tom Cruise is portraying in the scene. It's, it's very well done. It's The action is there for you. So if that's what you wanted out of Mission Impossible movie, it has provided. We rest our case. Yeah, your silence means I am <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know if any of that's true, but it's time for a recess. <laughs> uh, does Tom Cruise ever just shoot a gun normally? Or is he always flipping around? Define normal. <laughs> Define normal in this. Right, right side up. controlling the recoil you know you've got your feet planted the gun is right side up so this again is right side up (laughs) this is john woo at his finest this is what he's known for he's done several hong kong movies where he has this gun fu style where the character is going in and just unleashing a clip of bullets at his enemy and it's just relentless and that's uh, most guns do not use clips. They use magazines. Thank you very much. Thank you for clarifying judge. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I need some clarification. So what is the good thing that this lab has synthesized? What is it? This is, uh, it's, so this is the, the, the benevolent the thing, cure. the good thing. Yeah. The cure. The cure. What they, is that? They probably cure make Tylenol. The, 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 so so they have the cure. They have the cure to the virus as well. Yeah. What's the virus? What is it? Chimera. You yeah, just explained it? it. You explained it like five minutes ago. <laughs> I thought it was a flu. What is it? Yeah, it no, is a flu. It's like a dangerous outbreak of the flu. Like it's it's a super flu that they call. Chimera. So what the fuck is a cure? You don't have a cure for the flu. Like once you have the flu, you got the flu. <laughs> but it's a treatment. So that they established this that once you give, if you get uh, a dose of this tree, I forget what the name of the this the. Uh, the treatment was, but if you get it to them within 20 hours, then they will be cured of yeah. the flu. Okay, we are living this in a global flu. pandemic right now. I get COVID right now. Yeah. What's my cure? So what's my cure for the fucking virus? Pretty sure that's not how viruses <laughs> work. Pretty sure you get in inoculation to prevent you to have antibodies from like preventing you from... But once you got it, you got it. Right, and it's kind of like up to you. You can your body your body can also fight it off. So this is yeah. why they're yeah. But this can... is this is chimera. This is yeah. Like, maybe okay. So maybe this is just if like you get chimera. Will you just be okay? Is that uh, yeah? That, if you get, the implication if you get the, is if you got chimera, you're dead. Unless for in, some reason you get no, the cure. No, 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 no. If you get chimera, you have twenty hours to make sure you get injected with the cure, or else you're dead. Your Honor, I want them to explain exactly why they decided on 20 hours, and I direct this directly to Matt. <laughs> the court will wait for an answer. Matt, so, the floor is yours. I, this feels like a setup. This is not fair. Okay, so so the, at the start of the movie, uh, Dimitri Einstein, or whatever his name is, is flying from Sydney to 
Atlanta. Yep. And it takes 19 and a half hours to fly from Sydney to Atlanta. So that's presumably why the <laughs> why the limit Wait, is so 20 hours for he, here. He, he injected himself so that he could get to Atlanta. It's right? yes. So that's the only it's the only way it's the only way you could get the virus to the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. Is is to inject yourself. It's through and him. After yes. 20 hours you you die because we've established that this lab is so uh, secret and and guarded that you can't just take a vial of this virus out with you. They'll they'll exactly. find out. They'll catch you. So he needs to inject himself with it and transport himself. You can, however, take a whole briefcase worth full of the antidote to this virus wherever you feel like. <laughs> yeah, because like, well, it's my antidote. Because the antidotes are benevolent. Those are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if they had a layover, this guy's fucked. Yeah. Like, did he get on that plane to die? Like, if they had to turn around, or if his taxi was late getting to the airport. That's why he had the cure like, with him, just in case if this plan failed. Yeah, but that would just put him back to point zero. He would just have nothing. He'd have a bunch yeah, of cure. Yeah. yeah, but this. Yeah, this was his best option to get this virus into the hands. I want to establish again, this is mission impossible, not mission difficult. Yeah, this was his own, his own impossible mission. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. It's not mission difficult. <laughs> it is mission impossible. You're Your right. Honor, I want the jury member to not give his opinion right at this point because I feel like it's biasing the uh, himself. Yeah, so anyway, the fucking chick, um, so she injects herself also because this is just what you do because, hey, it's a virus. There's a cure. She's got to leverage the scenario works. that they're in. God. Oh. So, did you say it a little whinier? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what was that voice? Listen here, you dumb shit. Here's the deep lore admission impossible. If you were standing in front of me, I would have karate chopped you for that voice alone. <laughs> <laughs> now please continue making your point defense she is leveraging the scenario that they're in ethan hunt was not prepared for the villain to show up with his team but to also bring her the love interest he was not prepared for that so her counter to picking up the virus and bringing it back to the villain is to inject it into herself. This buys them more time, 20 hours to be exact. So now Ethan yeah. Hunt can move forward. The virus is, again, it's in her, still with the villain, but at least he doesn't have it available and ready to be used. Right. Hey, uh, um, judge here, uh, why should I give a shit about any of that? <laughs> because she's the love interest. Oh, okay. Ethan Hunt has a, such a strong connection with her. Like, you see him, he loses it in this scene. So when, after she injects herself, Ethan grabs her, just super aggressive, just like, why'd you do that? Caring moment. And then he lights off some explosions to get out of there. But I, I can't remember the line that he delivers, but it's basically like, I will save you. I will be back for you in 20 hours with a cure. And then he jumps out of the building, does a cool flip and parachutes away. Yeah. Your honor, Sick. I'd like to point out that he's like, why'd you do that? And just immediately fucking leaves her at that point. Just <laughs> jumps straight out the building. He knows he can't win in this. He can't win in this situation, right? Like what's he going to do? Try and mull down 30 guys. And then security shows up too. Then he's taking down innocence. This is, this is not the way that you should deal with missions. So the defense, Earlier, you had said uh, you had said that he was already shooting at thirty guys yeah. and succeeding. So, what is it? He can either defeat thirty guys or he can't. So, the, you have to acknowledge that at the very end of this, security is triggered. So, once Ethan Hunt uh, detonates the explosion, security is informed. So, they start rushing up, and Ethan Hunt isn't going to start killing innocent people. He looks like a villain. They could get mixed up, so uh, he flees. They have families. You'll have to understand that I don't need to acknowledge anything as the judge, for starters. <laughs> so that's minus one to the defense I, right now. That we're only at minus one right now? <laughs> Ten points away from Gryffindor. Yeah, exactly. Now, let's move on to the final case. Okay. Can I not have to introduce this final scene? Because I don't even know where to begin with it. Um, Adam, you seem to know much more about this movie than I do. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and set up the final scene, and oh I'll tell you where you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Oh, the no you defense. Okay. 
pretty strong. I'm also going to rely on my team, which hasn't uh, said a whole lot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. There's three of you, and I've had to introduce all the scenes. Fuck Dave shit. is literally lying back right now. Dave is falling asleep. He's eating Doritos. Cool Ranch looks like. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm gonna. Oh my I'm gonna god, do my he's best. dipping okay. Cool Ranch Doritos into salsa. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to okay, do my best okay. of explaining this last... I, well, we, we can do this together. So, like, so the plan... So Ambrose, the villain, has, uh, has Tandy Newton. He has the virus. And his plan is that he's going to unleash the virus on, uh, on the world, infect lots of people, and therefore create a demand for a cure. And he also has the cure, so he's going to sell it to the pharma companies to the highest bidder and make tons of money. Big bucks, tons of tons of fat stacks, and so so then so they're doing this on like um, some kind of an old island bunker thing where they're doing these where shady deals are done, right? So Ambrose is meeting with the a pharma exec and he's and he's gonna sell the vi- the, the the virus cure, and Tom Cruise and his team have to come in there and and stop the deal and recover the the cure to the virus in order to save Tandy Newton as well. So then Cruz does a bunch of cool spy shit, does a bunch of cool action stuff, and there are doves, and there are explosions. Uh, how, how cool exactly? Okay. Oh, <laughs> super, super cool. This is, again, this is where, okay, first I have to, like, pause for a second. So Dave is literally snacking during that description. You are worse than Jeff Bezos at the antitrust hearings right now. <laughs> we just talked about Whoa. you snacking, and then you yes. go into snacking, Dave. <laughs> No, you're supposed to be on our team. What a pull. It's so strange to see the defense just eating themselves alive <laughs> while Dylan's just sitting there waiting. It's weird. <laughs> Dipping my cool ranch and some salsa over here. Okay. Action. Hey, don't knock it till you try. Let's let's <laughs> let's focus good. on the action because like this is again, this is where John Woo's style comes into effect. So you have Tom Cruise entering into this this base where all the villains are and the shady deal is going down. So we get to see uh, please describe to me in great detail all the cool things he does to get into the location. Okay. I'll wait. Okay. So he has to scale up a cliff uh, in order to climb in and he is presented with his first guard which he i believe he does a drop kick and then he does a somersault kick and then kicks him into the ocean <laughs> so he's the undertaker okay, so, or like ray mysterio maybe yeah you have to or... understand tom cruise is shooting he's spinning he's somersault kicking in this movie he is he is at his peak of action but he's got to do it he's got to do it stealthily because they can't know that he's here yet Yes, until he enters, uh, because once he is in the base, it is no holds bars. Tom Cruise takes on a couple agents with some backflips and some doves, and then... Inf- oh, and let the record show you said Asians and not agents. <laughs> okay. God. Oh, God. Agents. Agents. Asians. I heard Asians, <laughs> too. Okay. I heard Asians, too. <laughs> Tom Cruise takes on some villains. <laughs> They're called Orientals, Adam. Asians. Jesus. Uh, so Tom Cruise takes on some villains, some henchmen, and then he makes his entrance by exploding the door to where the main deal is going on. So this is actually where I think... Killing we... everyone in the room? No, 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 no. He just draws them out because Tom Cruise always has a plan. Uh, I think we forgot to introduce the the villain's uh, main henchman. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The blonde one. Oh my god! Q. We forgot about the whole like subversive homosexual plot. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that There's doesn't so speak much... to our strength, but that also can add into the sexual tension that John Blue does very well. And I thought so that was love... your thing, Dave, that you were going to try and build on. But you just kept no. snacking the whole time, so. <laughs> because, like, yes, this love triangle it now has an extra point, so it becomes almost a love square that we're seeing. A rumpus. <laughs> yep. A pyramid. Anyway, so actually he is very important because there is definitely some sexual tension between the main villain and this main henchman. So when Tom Cruise actually is fighting against him, he pulls, this is the payoff, he pulls a trickery on him where he puts a Tom Cruise mask on the henchman, brings him in while being disguised as the main henchman. Tom Cruise then gets the virus, then gets the cure, and 
bolts it out of there while the villain kills his lover, partner. <laughs> I don't know how to describe their relationship. It seems very open, but he is like very upset. There's like a screaming scene for like at least a minute. Uh, so you, you see the anger in his eyes and uh, you, you kind of feel for the villain. This is, this is where I would say uh, the audience may have turned and understands the villain a bit more. So you're pro COVID on the record. <laughs> where did you get that? Okay, just checking. Where, where did that come from? I mean, where, that's the guy the who's fucking trying to poison the world. You know, like, oh, I feel bad for him. He's, he's trying to get everybody you're, sick and make a bunch of money. You're seeing that he is human. You're, you're seeing that there is a loss for this character. So you can acknowledge it. You can. Why would it. I give a shit? He's a he's a villain. He's a super villain. I, I think because this movie is. This movie yeah. is nuanced. Everyone contains multitudes, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> There's nuance here. There's so much to think about. The court will recognize the nuance and that, yes, there is lots to think about. <laughs> so we have Tom your, Cruise. Your Honor, can I, can I object for one sec? I, I'm just getting... I, I keep hearing the phrase John Woo style over and over and over again, and I would like to ask the prosecution to list John Woo movies so we can get an idea of, you know, that style, that John Woo style. Yeah. So John Woo... Uh, the court will wait for it. Okay, answer. so <laughs> the, the the top movies that were filmed in Hong Kong for John Woo... No, 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 no. Let's just get right to the American ones, please. <laughs> let's, let's acknowledge, because like you have to understand that when John Woo came into America, it was because of these movies. These were the foundation to his particular style. And again, that was the, the gun food. That was the visceral unleashing uh, multiple clips into one person. So we had The Killer. We had Better Tomorrow. We had Hard Boiled. And then... The court has already told you that guns use magazines. If you make that mistake one more time, I am going to hold you in contempt. Am I perfectly clear? Yes, Judge. So when John Woo came over to America, we got... Was it Broken Arrow first, or was it Face Off? Broken Arrow. Doesn't matter. So we, we got those two movies, Broken Arrow and Face Off, and this is what sparked the interest for Tom Cruise to bring on John Woo into this movie. That's another thing that we have to acknowledge is this is a risky move of bringing a, a new director into a franchise. So this is the second movie for Mission Impossible. They could have just stayed with the original director and continued to doing that. I mean, but I think we should also acknowledge that Tom Cruise watched Face Off and he's like, yeah, that guy. How many? Okay. <laughs> you can't deny Face Off. It's a great movie. <laughs> I don't know how uh, many yes, times I, I can. Oh, yes, I, I fucking absolutely can life. deny that Face Off is a good <laughs> face movie. Face Off is... Ooh. Holy shit! Your Honor, we have recently? to do Face Off as an in-between movie. <laughs> Holy shit, uh, Adam! Jesus. I can't believe it. I'm fine with it. Uh, where were we? I don't so, know. I blocked you. Were, out. You were <laughs> sinking our defense, Adam. I believe uh, that Tom Cruise has just left with the virus and the cure. So he injected himself and then took the cure and ran. No, no, right? no, no, that's, no. He, that's what happened. He has the vials and uh, oh yeah. So it's, oh yeah. So when Tom Cruise is escaping. Uh, you have to also acknowledge his team, which is Luther, who we didn't actually talk about <laughs> also. And, oh, yeah, uh, Ving Rhames is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they they made him such a shitty character, though, that I don't even want to talk about him. <laughs> Can either side just list the entirety of uh, Luther's character really quick for me? Uh, computer hacking. He's good, he's yeah, good at computers. Good. He wears Versace. He's, he's oh, that's good. pretty bad when Wait, both sides agree. Doesn't he have the <laughs> one laptop that connects to the one satellite that can track that one thing? Yes. Her. So he's it's, a master computer hacker. Yeah, he yeah, does yes. sick computer stuff. And, so, and, okay, well, I'm glad we cool, established that important. And so, cool <laughs> quips. But this is, this is like exactly why movie. this movie is much worse. The last one, that it was kind of a team, and like there was more of like, oh, I can't believe he betrayed it. Like, this one is just like, there is a team, and... They don't matter. They are literally there to just assist Tom and Cruise in what he's doing. Again, Mission Impossible is evolving. It's, it's, it's learning from its past, and it is trying to improve with each movie. And it's acknowledging what's around it at this time period, such as GoldenEye, and people wanted to see a, a Bond-type character, and that's what Tom Cruise is doing in Mission Impossible 2. GoldenEye because, came out in 1994. Yeah, still sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it to your gun. 
Oh my god, that's the fucking like OJ defense there. Yep, sticking with it anyway. Um, so you're all- <laughs> okay. So to to focus up again here, Tom Cruise has the virus and he has the cure, but the main bad guy isn't dead yet. Yeah. So so what happens is Tom Cruise is shouting to his team. Basically, you gotta find uh, Naya because she's about to kill herself because she doesn't want to unleash this virus onto the world right now. And she's... Okay, how is she going to kill herself? She's going to burn herself alive so that the virus can't spread, right? So I don't think anybody informed her that that would be the best approach, and she may be jumping into the ocean. <laughs> okay, I mean, that seems like an easy ah, way to spread shit, the disease. shit, it's spread to dolphins. <laughs> so this gave a... This is the, the setup for cabin fever, by the way. Um, so anyway, Tom Cruise has his team trying to locate her. Uh, their computer was on the fritz. So Luther is trying to find her to bring her to Tom Cruise, who has the cure. But Tom Cruise has got to get out of the space and he's got to meet them in a kind of like a safe location. So Tom Cruise is now on a motorbike. He's got a leather jacket. He's got some Oakleys again. And he is ripping through this base Well. Many doves are fucking flying everywhere. Oh, that's so artistic. We've got many villains, many henchmen driving like SUVs and Ford Fiestas coming at him, (laughs) shooting, and Tom Cruise is uh, blazing through this until he gets into the highway where we have the villain, uh, the main villain, start chasing him, also on a motorbike, wearing a very practical outfit i don't know if anybody acknowledged this but he was in all denim he was pulling the canadian tuxedo out on this one and he's chasing tom cruise and it ends up with them going hand to hand on a beach next to the ocean beautiful setup their motorbikes explode at one point they catch they embrace in the air and then they start unleashing with a bunch of well-placed kicks some cartwheel kicks and some drop kicks and also with a stunt oh yeah so this stunt, you have to acknowledge this one. The the stunt where the knife... I don't have to acknowledge anything. <laughs> that's the second warning. <laughs> Your Honor, you need to acknowledge clips and guns. That's all we're trying to say. <laughs> Look, I will. I will shut this court down over this clip and magazine issue. Everyone is on thin ice. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, the stunt that I want to present to everybody that they should be aware of that actually makes this movie pretty interesting is the, the villain dives at Tom Cruise and he has a knife and the, the way that is shot is you get a side profile, Tom Cruise's face and the knife drops right above his eye and it's only like a centimeter above and they actually had to like build a device where the, the knife would drop directly over Tom Cruise's eye. They used a real knife <laughs> in order to do this. Look at that. Practical effects over CGI. Exactly. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, doing some, again, some cartwheel kicks, some drop kicks, sands flying everywhere. You got the ocean in the background. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Naya. So Luther picks up Naya, brings her to the beach, and Tom Cruise can deliver the cure to her. But before he has to kill the villain by doing a, a kick up, the gun <laughs> shoots from the sand into his hand and Tom Cruise gets one last spin in where his hair perfectly does the spiral, lands in the sand, unleashes, villain is dead, girl is saved, the mission has been completed. This last scene shows how dynamic Tom Cruise is. He can fight a yes. motorbike. He can fight with a pistol. He can fight with his bare hands. He can fight against a knife, basically with his eye, like with, against the knife. Yeah, it shows he, so a all wide these things, range, wide range. Of- all of these things mean it's a good movie, right? All these events that we just said that happened. Listen, there's so yeah, there's so much excitement. Active. Yeah, there's explosions, doves everywhere. Like it's a beautiful <laughs> end scene. You're blown now, away. People have said doves a lot here. <laughs> There's a Can lot of elaborate whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, no, first off, first off, like doves. First off, they're not doves; uh, they're fucking pigeons. No, 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 there's, there's a mix. There's a mix. We do have pigeons. Like, there's a majority of pigeons, but there is a, there's a couple scenes where doves come into play. Oh, well, a dove the is just a white pigeon. The court does not recognize the difference between 
pigeons and doves. Exactly. Yes. And and birds. they were too cheap to get only white ones, so they got like, well, we can do a couple white ones, but like, <laughs> if you want ten, you need to get the pigeons. And John Woo was like, okay, we'll take the pigeons, but we still need like two white ones. And they're like, deal. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. I don't. Because <laughs> you know happens. it's true. The court, search your heart. The court chooses to believe that is exactly how the conversation. We're, none of us Their are. Bird at, guy didn't show up, so they had to scramble. And, none of us are ornithologists. How do you know that they're doves or pigeons? It's just some. Oh man, I'm bird. big into bird watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such deep lore. Uh, deep lore at the Grindhouse Courthouse. Uh, uh, so uh, then the movie's over. That's it. He saved the world. Yeah, I think he stopped. I it he nicely. stopped the. He stopped COVID. Wow, what a hero! Anyways, Mission Impossible Two uh, seems like a uh, real turd, but let's do this anyways. <laughs> uh, defense, your closing statements. Yeah, one word at a time, and you have <laughs> okay. to go through each. prosecution. Your closing <laughs> statements. I've got something. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you. Yeah. No, you did have something. We heard it. Now it's on to the prosecution. <laughs> oh. Okay. I feel like I've just been shouting for like the past two hours. So, okay. You'll have to speak up. I can barely hear Sorry. you. Okay. Closing, closing statement. Adam, whenever you're ready, please begin. <laughs> <laughs> Riding from the high of the first Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible 2 attempts to humble itself by reflecting upon the past and acknowledging what the fans truly liked and disliked about the previous movie. Within the four-year grace period between the movies, MI2 set down a guiding principle of what the movie should follow and not to ease up on. And that principle was to make everything a thrill ride dialed to 11. They've stripped away all the confusing spy stuff like espionage, betraying one's country, being wrongfully accused, and only focusing on what truly matters and what makes a true-to-God American action movie. MI2 takes all the best elements of the early 2000s and crams it into one simple movie. That is all. Uh, the rest of the defense, does this man speak for you or do you want to say something? <laughs> this, this movie is a roller Reluctantly. coaster. From the start to the end, there is action everywhere. There is love everywhere. Between almost every character, there's love. Like almost every character. And it's just great. It's, it's what you need to sit down and watch. It's just so enjoyable. Oh... Uh... I don't know what side I'm on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's some cool action stuff, okay? Doves, leather jackets, Oakleys. Ooh, uh, hey. uh, Enya is, is playing. Slow motion. Tom Cruise does his thing. I don't know. It's great. Watch it. Not that bad. Prosecution. <laughs> the defense rests. Now it is your turn. This whole movie is just trying to convince us that Tom Cruise is, in fact, a human being when, in fact, he is not. It is blatantly obvious through just staring into those dead fish-like eyes of his. There's just, it's exactly like Christian Bale said. It's just intense friendliness with nothing there. He is this, he's... He's perfect for Hollywood because he's just this vessel into which you can fill whatever you need and he can perform what you need him to perform. But you just constantly have this like nagging kind of uncanny valley with him, even though he's actually a human shell, like where you're like, I know he's supposed to be human, but there's something not quite adding up. So basically um, you're saying this movie's perfect because he was perfect for Hollywood. And he's perfect in this film. Yeah, I'm just hearing criticism yeah, against thank Tom Cruise thank himself, you. but not perfect. this movie. I think you guys are mistaking perfection for plasticity, where it's like, you know, Jude Law in AI when he's like that sex robot? Anyway, that's exactly what I'm imagining Tom Cruise in this movie. He's kind of like this idealized form that just misses all the humanity and all the reality of what makes it good. And I think actually this, this is the movie that it happened for Tom Cruise. Cause I think before this Tom Cruise was not like this, but 
this is probably when he started his Dianetics training and like really like really it kicked off. I'd be really interested to know exactly when that happened, because in the first one he's the first home, uh, Mission Impossible. I almost said Home Alone there. Uh, the first Mission <laughs> Impossible. Um, <laughs> he's still I don't know. He's still got that like spark in his eye or I don't know what it is, but it's just like in this one it's like oh there's nothing there. There's, there's, he's just, I don't know what he is, but yeah. Anyway, that's my point. Fake human, lizard man, trying to trick (laughs) us. I'm the best actor in the world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. I rest my case. So more deep lore. Uh, Dave does in fact believe that Tom Cruise is uh, God's gift to the earth. (laughs) The second coming, basically the greatest actor who's ever lived. With closing statements concluded, uh, we are now in the deliberation phase. Uh, I'd like to open with the uh, bold position that, uh, fuck this movie, probably not worth seeing. <laughs> now, it's, it's, it, it doesn't sound like a good movie, and I won't be watching it. That's, uh, that's my final ruling on it here. And, uh, <laughs> anyways, that settles the case of 2000's Mission Impossible 2, well argued by both sides. Don't see this movie. Save yourself. Okay, goodbye, everybody. And with that... The court is adjourned. Come back next time for a new trial with new litigants in the never-ending parade of schlock that is Grindhouse Courthouse. Motherfuckers.